Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. Well, that really is our only hope, that God would change our hearts. And that's a great song for us to sing. Thank you, Gil. Well, this morning we come to the end of our homework series that we've been in on, here on Sunday mornings over the month of uh, May. We've looked at moms and dads and kids and families and all kinds of things on Sunday mornings. We, we wrapped up our Marriage Matters series this past Wednesday night and refresh. And it was a great month on Wednesday nights. Man, I think every Wednesday, maybe one Wednesday, that we were not over 100 people on Wednesday night and refresh as we did our Marriage Matters series. Ron Mumbauer spoke this past Wednesday night, did a super job. So this morning we kind of wrap things up with a sermon entitled The Media Monster. The Media Monster. Now look, I want to tell you, I'm not an expert in social media. Uh, most 57-year-old adults are not uh, experts on social media. But you don't have to be an expert to know that social media and media of all forms and every form uh, and technology that uh, drives our lives in so many ways, that, that media impacts our lives in so, so many ways and impacts our kids' lives and our grandkids' lives in incredible ways that we, it's, it's, it's difficult for us even to to comprehend it and the truth of the matter is we cannot comprehend how vast the impact and influence really is but we need to be thinking about it and even right now I mean right now uh, you know this service uh, we, we live stream these services on on Facebook it'll be posted on YouTube later so the people literally literally around the world uh, can see these worship services so you think about our impact with the gospel we literally have the, the opportunity and, and the, the uh, ability to impact the world with the gospel from right here in Florida, Mississippi, due to uh, the benefits and advantages of technology and media, which is, which is wonderful. And so that's a great thing. That's one of the, certainly one of the positive things about media, but we, we also need to understand that there are some, some real dangers with media, uh, social media and other media outlets that we need to understand uh, but it, it is certainly a big part of our lives and I'm not going to bore you with a bunch of statistics uh, usually folks usually check out when you start doing statistics but I do want to share a few just as kind of a baseline to help us think about uh, the, the the impact of media and the truth of the matter is even as I share these stats which are not that old the one I tried to find the most uh, up-to-date stats that I could find, for, but the truth of the matter is these stats are probably already obsolete These because it just is growing so exponentially in so many different ways. But just some of the social media platforms that we know about, uh, first of all, 58.4% of the world's population uses social media. Uh, our world population is somewhere close to 8 billion people. I think 7.8, between 7.8 and 7.9 billion people in the world. Uh, the latest stat that I could find was that about 4.7, 4.8 billion people around the world use social media. Uh, I mean, that's going to Haiti and, and Dominican Republic and places all over the most remote places that you can see. And as you drive down the road, you'll see kids sitting on the side of the road 
uh, with a cell phone in their hand uh, on, on social media, it's, it's just incredible. 58, over 58% of the world's population. So you think about those platforms. Everybody knows about Facebook. There are about 2.9 billion Facebook users around the world. The largest age group of Facebook users are the people that are 25 to 34 year old folks. Uh, some people may have, think, may have thought that that age group would have been older since your grandmother is constantly posting pictures on her Facebook page. But uh, right now, the, the most largest age group is 25 to 34 year olds. Instagram is another big one. That's about 2 billion users on Instagram. Again, the largest age, age group there is also 25 to 34-year-olds with 18 to 23-year-olds running a close second of the largest group that uses Instagram. TikTok is a big one with kids these days. There's a billion TikTok users. The biggest age group there are kids uh, that start age 10 and go through 19. Age 10 through the teenage years, 19, and about two-thirds of TikTok users are females. And uh, I can tell you that I watch my granddaughters on TikTok all the time, and so that's a big one. Twitter has about 211 million users, uh, 18 to 29-year-olds. Pinterest, you ladies, yeah, Pinterest, uh, 431 million Pinterest users. The largest age group is 50 to 64-year-olds with nearly 80% being females. Get those recipes. Get those, uh, those decorating ideas off of Pinterest. Snapchat's another big one, 319 million users on Snapchat. Uh, the biggest age group is 15 to 25-year-olds. And then YouTube, uh, there are over 2 billion YouTube users. 15 to 35-year-olds are the uh, largest age group with those, uh, with YouTube. And like I said, those stats are already obsolete. Even while I was sharing them with you, they were changing. And that's just the truth. And I want to remind you of one more thing that I probably don't need to remind you of, but I'm going to anyhow uh, because of our kids and our grandkids. It is absolutely astounding how quickly a child, a child, with an iPhone or an iPad in their hand can access inappropriate content. Two clicks. Two clicks. Your son, your daughter, your grandson, your granddaughter with an iPhone and two clicks can see some of the most vile, disturbing, evil images and videos that you can imagine. Two clicks is all it takes. And uh, the average age of a child's first exposure to these inappropriate images and videos, the average age of a child's first exposure is 11 years old. Average age of a child's first exposure is 11 years old. What used to have to be bought on the other side of town, in the seedy parts of town, uh, or in dark movie theaters in the seedy parts of town, what used to have to be bought in those ways years gone by is now readily available for free on every iPhone, every cell phone that is in this room in your pocket or purse right now. Uh, 
Children under the age of 10, listen to this stat. I told you I wasn't going to bore you with stats, but this one shook me to my core. I, I know some of this stuff. I've talked to people about this stuff. But children under the age of 10, children under the age of 10 now account for 22% of the consumption of pornography under the age of 18. You take the group, people under the age of 18, and 22% of those are kids under the age of 10 that are consuming this kind of material. So parents, I just want to tell you something. I'll just straight up tell you. If your kids are in upper elementary or in junior high school and you're not talking with them about this stuff, you are already behind. I've had people, and may have folks after this sermon, and I'll be okay with that. I've had people that come up to me and get on to me after sermons like this. Say, you know, now, now as a result of that, I've got to talk to my kids about that. Right. Right. You sure do. Because if you're not talking to them now, when they're in elementary school about this stuff, you're already behind. And the enemy is absolutely out to destroy them. And if you and I don't stand in the gap for them, if we don't start doing battle for them, we're going to lose them. And we are losing them left and right. So I'm just telling you, this thing, that's the, that's the reason that the sermon is entitled The Media Monster. A lot of good things about media. A lot of good things about technology. And certainly we've talked about those things. There's so many things we can talk about. But man, it can be a monster. So know these things and think about these things. Grab your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It's page 982 in the Pew Bible if you don't have your own copy of God's Word. I hope you do, but if you don't, grab a Pew Bible and turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And just one verse from the book of Philippians, page 982 in the Pew Bible. Stand, please, and let's read this verse of Scripture together. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. May God bless the reading of that great verse. Let's pray together. Help us now, Lord, to hear from you. I pray that our hearts would be stirred. I pray that our hearts would be broken. I pray that there may be some wake-up calls that happen in this room today, Lord, as a result of us studying your word and sharing this time together as your spirit speaks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. You know, there are a lot of verses in the book of Philippians. Philippians is one of my favorite books of the Bible, and maybe yours too. It's a short book in the New Testament, four chapters. Uh, but, man, I love the book of Philippians. And there are a lot of verses in Philippians that are familiar verses to a lot of us as Christ followers. Um, we, uh, we quote a lot of verses from Philippians. Each chapter has some verses. I think, uh, I think that you'll remember and find familiar and think about these things. Philippians 1.3 says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Philippians 1.6 says, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. So you think about those verses. Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11 says, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You think about it, Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, that says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ Jesus has called me heavenward. Uh, you think about uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. What do you say? 
Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice is what Paul wrote in Philippians 4.4. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, probably somebody's favorite verses in here. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How many of you, that's your favorite verse of Scripture? Few, anybody? Anybody? A couple of folks. All right, all right. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things, what? Through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4, 19, one of my favorite verses that my daddy taught me a long time ago when he told me, John, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Because Philippians 4, 19 says, And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I've hung on to that verse for a long, long time. So the book of Philippians is full of these types of verses that just speak to our heart and just inform our faith in such wonderful ways. And Philippians 4, 8 that we just read is probably another one of those verses that was familiar to you, somewhat familiar to you. As Paul reminds us that we got to think about some stuff, and we got to be thinking the right way. You know, this verse, Philippians 4, 8, follows right on the heels of the, of the don't worry about anything but pray about everything verses in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything, pray about everything. So then right after Paul says that, he says, now finally, in other words, pay, now, pay close attention what he's saying there. I've told you don't worry about anything. I've told you to pray about everything. Now you need to be thinking about some stuff. Because, you know, right praying Praying the right way, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Praying the right way is certainly important to securing that peaceful mind because Paul said that don't be anxious, don't worry about anything, but, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. And then in verse 7 he said, and when you do that, the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so he said that right praying it's so important to making sure that that peace of God guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And then he comes right, of that, right out of that and says, not only you got to be praying right, but you got to be thinking right. Because another way that we guard our hearts and minds is to make sure that, that you're thinking about the right things and thinking about the right stuff. That's an important way, an important part of keeping, keeping that worry, keeping that anxiety at bay is by making sure that we're thinking about the right things. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. We've got to be thinking about the right stuff. And, and again, verse 7, the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. The peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. The heart has to do with our feelings. And when you got the peace of God guarding your heart, that means you're going you're gonna to be feeling better about things. Yeah, you're still going to see the struggles and the things that we're dealing with all around our nation, the, the, the tragedy, the great heartache that Texas is going through right now with the, the school shooting, the tragedy and the heartache that we're going through in the Southern Baptist Convention right now with the, uh, the sexual abuse report that was released this past week. All the things, we see these things and they, they, they can upset us greatly, but when the peace of God guards our heart, then our feelings change. We know that God's in control no matter what the circumstances may look like. 
But then the peace of God will also guard our minds because that has to do, not our heart is our feelings, our mind certainly is our thinking. And the peace of God, when we're praying the right way and when we're thinking the right way, the peace of God will guard our, our minds as well. You know, a few months ago, one of our memory verses that we did here on Sunday mornings was Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, that says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I, I love the way that said, that, that, I love where it says, he, whose mind is stayed, you'll keep, God, you'll keep him in peace when his mind is stayed on you. That word stayed means that your mind is leaning on the Lord. That your mind is being sustained by the Lord. That your mind is being supported and upheld by the Lord. And, and that's how we can guard it. So, so what does this have to do with media and technology? Because I will tell you that the only way that we can stay strong in our walk with the Lord and against stand against the constant influence of all sorts of media is to stay our mind on the Lord. Amen? And that's what Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 reminds us to do. To, to keep our minds in the right places. Because the application for this message is that we must be prepared to deal with the impact that media has on our families or we're going to be in big trouble. That's the application. We have to be prepared to deal with the impact that media has on our families or we are just simply going to be in big trouble. No doubt about that. So there's some things I want to challenge you and encourage you with today. And number one is this. Get serious about this. Get serious about this. You, you can't turn a blind eye to this. You can't check out of this. You gotta get, we've got to get serious about it because we must realize that if left unchecked, listen, if left unchecked, the impact of media, specifically, especially social media, the impact that media and social media has on our lives and on our kids' lives can be extremely detrimental and dangerous. Now, I'm not saying don't do social media. I'm not saying live as a hermit for the rest of your life. We, that, we can't do that. But I am saying that we've got to realize that if it's left unchecked, it'll have a huge detrimental, dangerous impact on our lives, on our kids' lives, and our grandkids' lives. So why do we need to get serious about this? Well, there are a lot of reasons, but there are three I want to give you right now. Why do we need to get serious? Number one, protection. We need to get serious because of protection. I know your heart, like my heart, was ripped to shreds this week when we saw all that happened in Uvalde, Texas. And still, just tra tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. So many things going on out there. I'm not... I'm not going to discuss all the ins and outs and things, why did it happen, what did it happen, what happened, who's at fault, and all that kind of stuff. You can go to your media sources and try to figure that out on your own because there's plenty of them out there right now. But the truth of the matter is it was a huge tragedy. And we need to be praying for those folks and praying for that community. I don't care, I don't care what the talking heads say. Prayer is the answer. We got to be praying. Folks don't understand the, the power of prayer when God's people pray. But one of the most difficult things to hear 
in the aftermath of what happened were those heartbroken, devastated parents trying to process what had happened to them and, and realizing that they couldn't protect their kids. That they let their kids go to school that day and expected protection to happen and it didn't happen. And just the fact that protection of their children broke down. Because we as parents, we know that one of our primary responsibilities in life is to protect our kids. We know that. Protection is, of our loved ones is a driving motivation for many of the things that we do. We lock our doors at night. We have security systems in our homes. We, many of us own guns, and rightfully so. We own our guns, and we childproof our homes when we still have little ones there. We put the little uh, covers on the plug-ins and all those types of things to, to make sure that we, we're doing our best to try to protect our loved ones. And we do all of these things, and yet we leave our children unprotected so many times as so many of them of all ages are allowed to have unsupervised, unfiltered access to cell phones, iPads, tablets. And man, we're setting them up. We get, we get lazy or we just get busy or we just want to get them out of our hair for a little while so the, the phone or the tablet becomes their babysitter. So we got to get serious about protecting our kids and our families so Parents, do the research. Go read the stats. Go, go get scared. Go read the stats. Go do the research. Set the boundaries. Talk to other parents. Come up with a plan. Team up with other parents. Get the help that you need. Don't take this lightly because our kids are being eaten alive by the media monster. And so protection is one of the reasons we better get serious about this. Also, peace of mind is another reason we need to get serious. I just finished up on Friday my 40-day social media fast. Now I'm up here uh, preaching on social media. I, I just finished up a 40-day social media fast. It came out of Easter and felt like I needed to do that. And so I just went into that, not bragging or anything, just that you know that. I've talked to you about that. And I can testify that one of the greatest blessings that came out of those weeks of being off Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and those types of things was the peace that I experienced and it was the peace that I needed in the midst of some of the, not some of the, but the most, the heaviest spiritual attacks I've ever experienced in my life and my ministry. And God knew I needed that peace. And God provided that peace. And I'm not saying that the peace that I experienced was all because of my social media fast, but I can assure you that not having that constant deluge of information and images from my social media feeds definitely contributed to a calmer state of mind for me. So we need to get serious about cultivating the peace of mind that passes all understanding that only the Holy Spirit gives to us. Because the media monster is out to decimate our peace of mind. Y'all, peace is given to us as children of God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. You got the peace. But if you're not getting serious about these issues, then that peace can be disrupted. 
And the enemy loves to disrupt that peace. He's working hard to disrupt peace of mind in my life and the lives of so many other believers. There's another reason we need to get serious. Protection certainly one. Peace of mind is another, but priorities. We need to get serious because of priorities. You know, the things that we're truly that are truly important to us are things that we're going to devote our time to. And the average time spent on social media each day is two and a half hours a day. Two and a half hours longer than most movies. Uh, two and a half hours is the average time that people spend on social media each day. So imagine if, if we spent that time in Bible study and prayer. Imagine if we spent half that time. If you spent an hour and 15 minutes in Bible study and prayer. Some of you can't fathom the, the thought of spending that much. How do, you, how do you spend that much time reading your Bible and praying? Get off social media and give it a shot. And prioritize some things. Imagine what the impact it would be in your, in your spiritual life if you would prioritize this and prayer over social media and technology. You know, when I was living in Byram, when I was pastor at Country Woods, I would pass a house from my home. It was three miles from my house to the church. And I'd pass a house every day. And every, I, 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 I don't want to tell you a, 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 an untruth, but, so I'm not going to say every day. But nearly every day that I would pass that house on my way to the church, I, I could look in their front door. They had a, just a glass door on the front of their house. I wasn't a peeping Tom, so I, I was driving by. I didn't get out and go, so don't, so, but, but, every time, but every time I drive by, I, when I looked in their front door, they had a big screen TV in their living room there, and Fox News was on every time I drove by. Every time I drove by. Every time I drove, nearly every time I drove by, Fox News was on that big screen TV in, in, that, in that house. And, and I, I just, I, and look, I don't, I don't know these people, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that, I don't guess. But how many of us just leave the TV on? You just, you get up in the morning, turn on, you leave it on all day. It's just on nonstop with that constant influx of information and images and noise. We just got to have the noise, don't we? Can't stand things to be quiet. What's the word of God tells us? Be still and know that I'm God. I mean, you need to quiet your heart sometimes and get rid of the noise. Pro prioritize some things in your life. We need to get serious about prioritizing our time and deepening our walk with Christ, which mo for most of us means that we need to decrease our media input time and increase our time spent in the word and prayer. Which leads to the next point of the sermon. Get serious about this, then grab your Bible. <laughs> you need to grab your Bible. If you and I are going to be victorious in our spiritual battles, we've got to go to the Word, we've got to know the Word, and we've got to grow in the Word. And the only way you're going to do that is if you're spending time in the Word. So you need to grab your Bible. Our verse for the sermon, Philippians 4.8, is so important in this ongoing battle with the media monster that we're all in. We're all in this battle. Because the true battlefield is our mind. The enemy wants to mess our minds up. 
And that's where the enemy strikes the most frequently and the most intensely. And that's why it is so important that we saturate our minds with the truths of God's word. That's why we memorize a Bible verse every Sunday. It's not just because we have done that forever. It's because that is so important. And, and I want to encourage and challenge you. Work on memorizing that verse between Sundays. If you just kind of come in on Sunday and see, oh, this is the time we're supposed to say that thing out loud. But you're not working on any scripture memory between Sundays. I will say that you're not doing the very best that you can do to saturate your mind with the Word of God. I know that our minds are not as sharp as they used to be. I know this is a struggle. It's a struggle for me to memorize scripture verses. Man, I used to be able to memorize them all the time. And now i got this app on my phone, technology, that I use to help me memorize verses all the time. And, man, I go back and go, I thought I just had that one memorized. I can't remember that verse. And, but it's so important. And here in this one verse, Philippians 4, 8, we are instructed to occupy our minds with things that are true. Whatsoever is true. I don't have to tell you that the media world is filled with stuff that is just false. There's so much out there that is wrong. It's just false. False teachers, false uh, wrong ideologies, deceptive philosophies, unbiblical thinking. It's out there. So fill your mind with things that are true. Things that are honorable, that the NIV says noble, those are lofty and majestic things that lift us up out of the world's dirt and scandals. Man, is there enough scandal and dirt in the world? So focus on things that are honorable and noble instead of all the dirt and all the scandals. Things that are just, things that are right. Thinking right steers us away. When you're thinking right, which means you're thinking scripturally and biblically, then that will steer you away from unnecessary, unfruitful, quarreling, and fighting. Which happens all the time and it happens way too much. And we find ourselves giving in to gossip and talking and thinking because we're not thinking right. We're not thinking biblically. We're not thinking spiritually. And so we got to get into the Word. So we'll think about things that are just and right. That means we'll start thinking about the needs of the other person instead of our own needs. Things that are pure. Our minds are constantly attacked with impure images and thoughts through the media. We've already mentioned that, the sexual immorality that is so pervasive across media in so many outlets, in so many ways, is just horrendous. And we've got to battle against that with pure thoughts. Ask God to cleanse our minds and give us pure thoughts. Things that are lovely. Things that are lovely, that's a rare word in the New Testament, but it talks about things that attract others to bring us together in peace. Boy, don't we need that in our world today? Don't we need that in our churches today? Think about things that bring us together instead of in opposition to one another. Things that are commendable. Those are things that are worth talking about. There's a whole lot out there that ain't worth talking about. But we need to be thinking about things that are commendable, things that build a good, godly reputation. And things that are excellence, things that have excellence, things that are worthy of praise. If something has excellence, that means it motivates us to live better. 
If something is worthy of praise, then it's something that we can recommend to others. Man, we can't, we, we, we gotta stop wasting our time thinking about things that tear us down or thinking about ways that we can tear others down. Think about things that are excellent. Think about things that are worthy of praise. And the only way that we can do that is this. So when, not if, but when the media monster is attacking, then you need to be grabbing that Bible and you need to be swinging that sword. And that's the Word of God. So get serious. Grab your Bible. And finally, guard the gates. Guard the gates. Proverbs 23, 7 in the King James Version says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man or a woman thinketh in their hearts, so are they. I'll say it that way, because it includes all of us. What you think about, what I think about, what you and I put into our minds and pour into our hearts that is what we will become. That's why it's so obvious that whatever you put into your mind, whatever you put into your heart is going to come out of your mouth when you are put under pressure. You do understand that Jesus said that, right? What goes in is coming out. So if you're putting impure things, if you're putting unrighteous things, if you're putting things that are not commendable, things that are wrong, things that are bad, all of the things that are impure, if you're putting those things in, then when you're put under pressure that the world brings or whatever brings, then that's what's going to come out of your mouth. That's what other people are going to see come out of your life. It's whatever you put into your mind, whatever you put into your heart, is going to be evident to all those people around you as you live your life. And so that's why we've got to tenaciously guard the gates of our lives. You know, a gate is an entrance. It's not usually an entrance right into your home. Most people don't have a gate as their front door, but a gate is an entrance to your property maybe. Maybe, it's, maybe you've got a... Uh, a, a, a gate go, coming into your neighborhood or your subdivision or maybe a gate into your yard. Uh, you, you may have one at the end of your driveway. You may have one at the entrance of your subdivision. Sometimes there's a guard shack there. Maybe there's an intercom there. There's a keypad for a code there because you have to get permission to come onto the property or into the neighborhood. You have to get permission to come through that gate. Because gates are where we stop unwanted people from gaining access to our homes, gaining access to our loved ones. We use gates to keep the bad people out. We keep thieves out. We keep murderers out. We want to keep rapists out. That's, what we're, that's why we have gates. And allowing your kids to have unfiltered, unsupervised access to social media means that you are giving the gate code to their hearts and lives to Satan. Do you hear that? If you're allowing your kids to have unfiltered, unsupervised access to social media and technology, that means that you are giving the gate code to their hearts and lives to Satan. It means that you're giving him permission to come onto your property and into your home, and he's going to do a home invasion 
So he can come in and steal, kill, and destroy because that's what a thief does when he gains access to your home. So when you and I as adults choose to just mindlessly and constantly fill our minds with images and information that is not true or honorable or just or pure or lovely or commendable or excellent or worthy of praise, then we are not guarding the gates to our lives. And the enemy is coming in as quickly and as aggressively as, his, as he can. That's why this thing is called a media monster. Because if we're not guarding the gates... If we're not doing everything that we can to think right, to think the right way, to grab our Bibles, to get serious about this thing, then the gates are open, and he's coming. There's a TV commercial for an insurance company. Uh, It shows, it kind of makes fun of the storyline of most horror movies. And I'm not recommending you watch horror movies, but we all know that when you... The viewers of the movie, if you go to see a horror movie, you're sitting in the theater, you, as the viewer, know where the monster is. You know where the monster is. And you know that the characters of the movie are, are headed right toward it. And so you want to, you know, I've actually been in theaters here, people say, no, no, hey, hey, don't go there, don't go in there, don't, don't, don't do that. And, and The actors always seem to just make stupid decisions that lead right to their demise. You and I know that there's a monster lurking in the influence of media in our lives. So let's don't be stupid. Let's don't be stupid. Let's recognize that. Let's get serious about this thing. Let's grab our Bibles. Let's make sure that we're guarding the gates and guarding our lives and our families' lives so that we can live for the Lord and bring honor and glory to him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, will you help us today, Lord, to respond in obedience as your spirit speaks to our hearts and lives today. Lord, whatever decision we need to make today, Father, I pray that you'll give us the courage and the strength to make this decision for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.